Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Israel Podcast, the podcast for people who want to actually understand what is going on in Israeli politics. I'm your host, Avishai Ben Sasson Goldis, and if you're a regular listener, welcome back. I'm glad to have you here. And if this is your first time here, welcome. Let me tell you a bit about myself so we can feel comfortable together. I'm an Israeli, currently living in the U.S. with my family while I'm getting a Ph.D. in political theory. Back in Israel, I was security and foreign policy analyst. I worked with politicians and decision makers. And like you, I am also a political junkie. You may have read on the podcast Facebook page that I was planning to talk about the Trumpian style in Israeli politics this week. And I intend to do that in a couple of weeks. The script is written and everything was set up to do it. But over the weekend, something happened that I can't ignore. A war almost broke out between Israel, Syria, Hezbollah, and Iran. Um, and it would have been an ugly war. All wars are ugly, but this one would have been particularly so. Thousands of rockets falling on Israeli population centers. Who knows how many civilians killed, not to speak of soldiers. And you can bet that Israel would have responded in kind and caused unimaginable damage on the other side of the border. But that didn't happen. So let's start with what we know and move on to what I think about it. On Saturday morning at 4 a.m., an Iranian unmanned aerial vehicle, small airplane or drone, takes off from a Syrian Air Force base. About half an hour later, an Israeli helicopter shoots it down over Israeli territory. About an hour later, at 5.30 a.m. or so, the Israeli Air Force struck, attacked the command center from which the drone was launched. And as a response to this, the Syrian aerial defense array shot at the Israeli airplanes and successfully downed an Israeli F-16 fighter jet for the first time in 30 years. The pilots ejected over Israeli territory, were injured, but seem to be on the mend right now. Israel responded to the downing of its plane with a series of aerial strikes, again the largest in about 30 years, against 12 sites or targets in Syria. According to publication in Israeli media, and this is what we know, they wiped out about half of Syria's air defense batteries and struck four Iranian sites, causing both Syrian and Iranian casualties in the process. From what we know, Putin and Netanyahu spoke soon after, and Israel, despite deliberating an option to continue the strikes, decided to stop and calm return to the area. In terms of political responses, Israel, of course, denounced the Iranian um, incursion into Israeli territory, a first of its kind, and the use of drone to violate Israeli sovereignty. Iran, Syria, and Hezbollah celebrated the downing of an Israeli airplane, the Israeli Air Force is perceived with an almost mythological aura in the region, and threatened Israel to not try to attack in Syria again. I'll explain why I use the word again in a few minutes. And Russia denounced the violation of Syrian sovereignty, again by Israel, with the U.S. taking some time but responding from the Pentagon, the State Department, and about 24 hours later from the White House, um, stating that Israel has a right to defend itself and blaming the Iranians for involvement in terror and negative involvement in the Middle East region at large. It's hard to overstate how close this escalation was to getting out of control and how bad things would have gone had it spiraled into something larger. 
But before I go into a bit of the implications of this event and a bit of the background to it, let me take a short break, catch you up on a few things we spoke about in previous episodes, and then we'll go back to the show as it's planned. If you remember, in episode 9 and 10, I spoke about the Netanyahu investigations. Those have been progressing, and the police is expected to publish its recommendations, probably to indict Netanyahu, um, over the next couple of days. This got slightly delayed. It was supposed to happen this week because the um, attorney general is waiting for a Supreme Court decision on an appeal to ask the police not to publish these recommendations. The recommendations are not binding on the general prosecution, but they tend to carry a lot of weight within the Israeli criminal and political system, especially in the Netanyahu case. Um, A bit about the politics, the chief of police went on air for an interview in a 60-minute style show and said that police investigators were followed, hinting that um, they were being spied on by people connected with the prime minister or with his interests in mind, um, didn't quite spell out what he meant. The prime minister, of course, responded with a Twitter attack on the chief of police. And this is where things stand right now. So we're awaiting developments in the investigation that are expected to come any minute now. And if you remember, in episode five, we talked about the nation state law designed to make Israel more distinctly Jewish by law than democratic or to favorites Jewish character. This has been stalling since the head of the committee in the Knesset, who was tasked with getting an agreed-upon text to the Knesset floor, um, is a openly gay Likud member, and he became concerned with a clause in the law that would require Israeli courts to decide based on Jewish law cases or guided by Jewish law cases where Israeli law wasn't clear enough. His worry was that it would harm LGBTQs, so he asked to change the clause, and his request to change the clause opened up a whole rat's nest of requests to change other clauses. So now, while everything is being renegotiated, it's basically stuck and not progressing anywhere, and the law is no closer to being passed on the Knesset floor. So now back to the episode. What should we make of the events of the weekend? Over the past few months, Tensions between Israel, Syria, Hezbollah, and Iran have been steadily growing. This is a result of the successes the Syrian regime, backed by Russia, Iran, and Hezbollah, has been gaining in its fight against ISIS and other militias, regaining control of most of Syrian territory, what seemed like a fantasy several years ago. As the Syrian civil war was going on and as the Syrian regime was suffering from loss of control of territory, Israel used the situation to strike strategic weapon transfers from Syria to Hezbollah in Lebanon and other military strategic sites in Syria, counting up to almost 100 strikes between 2013 and 2017, according to the previous commander of the Israeli Air Force. He said this in an interview close to his retirement. As the Syrian regime was gaining back control of its territory, it was signaling that it won't let Israel continue striking on Syrian soil. Israel on its side was making it clear that it won't tolerate Iranian presence on its borders and even started attacking Iranian assets on Syrian territory. All of this has been somewhat moderated by the Russians, 
who would like to keep this entire game in check. They don't want to stop Israel from striking. They don't want to physically intervene to stop. But they don't want Israel striking too close to home and too close to the many Russian soldiers and weapon systems currently positioned in Syria. On the other hand, they don't want to see Iran get Israel into a fight or Hezbollah instigate a war with Israel. The U.S. as a result of first the Obama administration policy to not intervene in Syria and now the Trump administration policy is entirely, almost entirely out of the game. I don't want to say entirely, but the main axis through which decisions are being run today is Moscow. Some people in Israel were blaming Netanyahu of using this escalation to divert attention from the investigations against him. But I got to say, in all honesty, that whatever I think of Netanyahu, I think that instigating a war to stop criminal proceedings against him is entirely out of character and and a preposterous allegation. Left leaders have made similar points trying to signal to their constituencies that the system is being run, regardless of what we think of the people running it, in a way that respects the weight of the decisions being made. Now, Looking forward, it's unclear what Netanyahu, Israeli government, and the military can do to avoid running into more and more events like this as the Iranians are trying to strengthen their hold and presence on the northern border of Israel. And as the Syrian state gains its confidence back, striking in the way that Israel was capable of doing in the past few years is going to become harder and harder. On the other hand, Israel is not very keen on letting weapons flow from, understandably so, by the way, from Syria to Hezbollah, arming that organization with precise weapons, um, precise ground-to-ground missiles that are state-level capability, and other sorts of weapons of that sort. And unless one of the sides decides to unilaterally stop whatever it is it's doing, and that's, as I said, unlikely given the interest map, events like this are likely to occur again and again, and It'll be a test to see how global politics can contain this because this is really the level at which this is being played right now. This is being played between Russia and its interest in the Middle East and the U.S. and its interests in the Middle East and the regional superpowers and how they interact Israel and Iran, the two non-Arab states that largely decide what's going on. So all of this is going to come to a head again and again in the next few months. Now, one of the generals I used to work for used to say that he doesn't understand why anyone wants to be a prime minister in Israel, given the sort of headaches this guy has. In this case, I can see his point. No one wants a war, but one is on the brink of happening any minute now. Both sides are going to speak. Israel, Iran, Syria are going to speak and try to threaten the other into backing down. But as I said, it's not entirely clear to me how this is going to happen. So I remain concerned though not entirely sure how the game plays out. I hope it doesn't end up in war, and join me in hoping for this, because a war in the Middle East is bad for everyone, especially for friends and family living there, for those of us who have them on either side of the border. As promised, I hope to go back to talking about regular politics next week. In the meantime, stay connected on the podcast Facebook page, the Israel podcast, that's the name of the podcast. It's pretty to, easy to remember. Or on the podcast's Medium website on medium.com. And if you're listening to this on iTunes, please rate the podcast, write a short review. It helps it being spotted by other people. And I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Have a great time and stay safe in the meantime.